it's the it's the government trying to shut down the lips and rips experiment, bro. That's all it it's is. Entirely, it's entirely possible that it is the government because we're talking to a fucking dangerous man today who's got some dangerous fucking knowledge that they do not want getting out there. Are we going to get into some aliens? Well, actually, before we get into that, t- tell the people who we're talking to. Let's introduce this man. Today on the Lifts and Riffs podcast, we are talking to Mr. Nick Nedley from the band Inoculation. Awesome name, awesome band, probably an awesome dude. I'm excited. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm cracking open my Waterloo right now. Dude, I just cracked open my flow boxed alkaline spring water because this is how we party on the Lifts and Riffs experience, motherfuckers. You're goddamn right. Cheers. We're staying hydrated. We're staying keto. How's your, right. how's your gains going? Gains going. The gains are not so much going as the losses are going, my man. I've been right. uh, doing, the, uh, doing the fucking up in the running for the spring. So I meant gains in achieving your goals, not gains as a muscle goal. Oh, uh, the gains are good. You look at it, you know. Yeah, I hit uh, I hit the old I hit 10 miles today. Took my took my long Thursday run. So that was a good one. Dude, good for you, man. I'd probably die if I tried to do that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's 10 fucking miles. That is. Yeah. There's no way around it. You go, you're going straight for it. Do you like change your pace or do you just like stay steady endurance style? I stay, I stay steady. And my rule is that I stop at, um, I stop at traffic lights so like I'm a responsible pedestrian, and if I don't have the signal, I fucking stop. Nice, which is something that is very very strange to most people in a college town, apparently. Um, so I take my breaks at stoplights when I get one. If I don't get one, I don't take a break. Um, you're one of those homeboys that with the fanny pack that runs in place at the stoplight, though, are you? I am not. I stop okay. and I chill and I stretch because stretching is like important. It's super important, bro. Got to stretch the hips always. Hips got to stretch the Achilles. It's my Achilles tendon that's giving me trouble as I get older. You just, you, it's what all, you what's that? Is that what you notice more than anything during the, uh, you know, because I was going to ask that, the endurance, like long runs, what hurts you the most after those? Like, what is it, is it literally your Achilles heel? Yeah, it is. It is indeed. The, the Achilles tendon, I have found that if I don't, if I don't stretch that um, very thoroughly before I like do a bunch of dynamic shit and then do a bunch of static shit afterwards. Like that's the thing that gets quickest. But after a really long run, like there's not, there shouldn't be any pain. And typically there's, I just have to have, I just have to make sure that I'm stretching enough and that I'm not pushing myself too hard. um, If I'm doing something new or whatever, like I fucked up last summer uh, and got tendonitis um like last june it was crazy man because it was like 60 degrees outside in june and i was like fuck that i'm about to carpe diem this motherfucker and i went out for like a way longer run than i usually go on and totally fucked myself up and i was walking I, you you might remember it because we were already doing this podcast i, say, I think i do remember that we uh we've been doing this podcast for like a year almost that's fucking that's crazy that's sweet man i'm into it. yeah i was stuck i was stuck walking for like a month and then after that, I had to ease back into running super duper slow. So I don't want that to happen again. Yeah, you were on the calisthenics grind. We both were. We're both doing the Batman training. Well, I'm still doing the Batman training, but I'm glad still, you're, you're back. Yeah. I'm still doing fucking calisthenics and isometrics in my office. That's what's up, man. Me too. Literally. That's what, that's what we do. But Achilles heel, you got to down dog that shit, bro. Yoga. I, man, I... I one of my new year's resolutions for 2021 was to start doing yoga. And it's the one new year's resolution that I've absolutely fucking failed at. I just like, I haven't even tried and I need to, I need to start doing that shit. I'm going to get on you about it. Cause you have full access. Your boy right here loves you and will help you with anything that you need. I need, I, I need that peace and calm, man. I need to be the calm center like you. No, you don't you. because this would not work as well if you were. <laughs> if we <do> <laughs> <laughs> don't take on all that i'm just trying to help you out physically well that i'll take i'll take whatever i can get anything right. that, that that slows the mind a little bit at least not during the podcast got it well we can talk about that and your vegan keto glorious buns that rocco now wants me to take a bite of 
later yes, sir. because Nick Nedley is in the waiting room and we got some aliens and riffs to talk about. Get that motherfucker in here. Dude, where are they from? In They're from Cleveland. Cleveland? Oh, no shit. All right, we'll have some good stories for this dude. I can only imagine. I got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping yeah. for it. I love Cleveland. We've, uh, we've had plenty of death metal experiences there being so close in Pittsburgh. Where I first saw Cannibal. All right. There he is. I he's see like, him. But his, uh, he's all mute. I'm going to ask him to unmute. Okay. There he is. There he Yo, is. Yo, what's up? What up, Nick? How are Sorry, you? Sorry, man. I'm, I'm bad with technology. So are we. We were fucking this up for like 15 minutes before you got on. Don't worry. Don't let us oh. fool you by our good, smart looks. Word. I have, um, yeah, clear some room for the app. So that's where I'm living. <laughs> you had to clear some room for the Zoom app? Yeah. Yeah. I respect that, man. I like your style. I'm in the I'm in the same boat with like the pictures on my phone. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Got to take some more pictures. What's got to go? Yeah. And it's always like choosing which child I'm gonna kill. Mm-hmm. All right. the pictures we never look at of death. That's why I have so many shirts. I can't get rid of shirts. Oh no, sure. you don't get rid of shirts though. Like that's a that's a fucking. Yeah, it's bad. What is the what is well, the dude, coolest, rarest shirt, nerd shirt that you have? If you could pick one, that I own. That you own. What are my, you proud of? My favorite one is this long sleeve mutilatrix. It's our first one they did. Sweet. Their- well, you're wearing your favorite shirt on our podcast. Let's go. Yeah, and I think one. I do have the very first run of the very first thing with Suga shirt, I, but it was too small, so I cut the sleeves off. I barely wear it, but. That's, a, that's okay. That's acceptable. Yeah. I know people like that. Money. Yeah. They're homies, so, you know. Two, two fucking respected, three actually respectable Ohio bands. What the fuck is mm-hmm. going on in Ohio that is making you guys such proficient death metal musicians? Um, I don't know, man. Lots of cornfields. I don't know. <laughs> like Lots of nothing better to do. Yeah, lots of, uh, uh, you know, football. Everyone loves high school football in Ohio. Um, not me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. football. Everyone's an athlete or a musician around Cleveland area, so it's pretty cool. That's uh, that's you're either you're either into high school football or you're playing death metal in Ohio. I like that. I like that. Ninety percent of those people are all drinking at the bar together till yes. it closes. Like, I feel. I feel like those two things feeding off of each other, like the fucking, like the snake eating its tail or like the fucking, uh, oh, like the thing. dude, that's fucking awesome. I, uh, it's one influencing the other in theory and practice. It's beautiful. Well, look, dude, I'm Schuler. Um, I'm the dude yeah. you've been talking to on the internets. Um, and I'm with Zach from death comes lifting today. Nick Nedley. We are super stoked to have you on the podcast. Yeah, man. Um, shooting right. the shit aside. How you doing, man? Got some big shit coming up in the inoculation camp. How you feeling? I feel great. Um, it's kind of um, not overwhelming, but it's really like uh, a long time coming. It's literally a year coming because uh, yeah. we were supposed to go on tour. Literally, what's the date? We were supposed to be on tour last year. We were going like almost 30 days. And, you know, we got everything got shut down the weekend before. So, you know, what we did was not get super depressed we were pretty super bummed about it but uh we the album and uh bust our ass recorded it uh pretty proud of the way we recorded it i think it sounds great for the way we did it and i'm glad we did it that way i'm glad what? to work with noah uh again as well when you say when you say you're 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 proud of the way that you did it what do you mean by that what's different uh no click tracks at all um okay. We did live drums. We just did live takes for the drums. And, uh, you know, it feels live. You could, it doesn't feel mechanical, which is, uh, you know, different. You know, I like it. It's not sloppy sounding because things move intentionally, you know, at least for me, someone who's heard the songs a million times, you know. Yeah. But uh, try to, it sounds like what the thing is on the front cover, you know, it's all crazy and coming out <laughs> of yellow space. I yeah. don't know. Definitely some uh definitely the element of cosmic horror, I think, is is very much not only a part of you guys sort of 
lyrical ethos, uh, but also the, the visual presentation artistically, and then also the lyrics. Um, I mm-hmm. I came on board with the inoculation camp with Pure Cosmic Dread. Now that was your was that your first record with the band? That was your first. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was you know first of all blown away by the music, the the technicality. The technicality is incredibly tasteful with inoculation. And that's one of the things that I always try to remember when I'm recommending new bands to people. I feel like you guys, I consider you to be a tech death band. Um, but, yeah. I feel, but I feel like it is like the structures of the songs are sturdy enough that people who aren't insanely techie can still get into it. Right. Cool. Thanks. And I think, <laughs> I think that that's like, I think that that's, very much sort of a like the the musical the sonic equivalent of of every other bit of presentation about the band so talk a little bit about you know where things were when you came into the band a little bit about the uh stuff that interests you guys as far as writing where do you pull your inspirations from musically and lyrically um and what sort of changed along the past couple of years you know because you had the you had the full length and you had the ep then you had a single now you get the full length record coming out Right. Hit any of that shit that you feel like picking up on. Well, I guess when it when it comes to the beginning of me and inoculation, it started way before I was in the band. Um, I think it was on my 21st birthday was when I first saw them. Uh, it was Gorod and uh, I can't remember who else was on Inanimate Existence and um, Veil of Nath. I can't remember who else. There was, it was a really good show, but inoculation opened up for it. And I went I was drunk as hell, you know, 21st birthday. I went right up to the bass player and was like, dude, you guys are sick. You know, I was playing in a, another band at the time and I was like, yo, we should play shows together and stuff. And through Dave, who's Dave Kirsch from Nasus, I don't know if you heard them. Yes. Uh, yeah. Through him, he was that bass player. And uh, uh, I met Tony, became friends with Tony. And Tony had asked me to be in inoculation a few times before I ended up joining, but that would take me to where, uh, you know, when I did join, we were a five piece and mm-hmm. uh, the writing process changed almost immediately because of, uh, you know, people leaving the band. I had to learn how to do vocals. I'd never done vocals before abraded, which we were doing at the time because we didn't know what was going on with inoculation. So uh, from there, those songs were written to be in a five piece and have a singer. So when I redid the lyrics and stuff, I really had to keep in mind playing. So I've never done that, sing and play at the same time. So getting super comfortable with Tony and Charlie really was able, we were able to crank out, you know, uh, and it was kind of like one whole story and two songs. And then we had Zerthanius, we were writing it around that time, right after we recorded that. And, you know, we were got asked to do a bunch of splits and uh, we really liked this one. Obviously this one fit really well. And uh, yeah, I mean, this new album we wrote completely just the three of us. It's our first time really doing a whole endeavor besides, you know, a couple singles or whatnot. It's, it, it, you can definitely tell, I think, specifically starting with Anatomize, um, mm-hmm. just how well the... The, the power trio vibe has sort of fallen together. You guys seem to have just yeah. a really, really solid connection with each other playing wise. And it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me when you say that you've known the dudes for a long time, but it, yeah. that kind of, that kind of symmetry, that kind of, I'm sorry, not symmetry, synergy, yeah. like is, is something that's rare um, in a band that, you know, you've, you've only been in the band for, for a couple of years, you know, yeah, five, five years. So like, that's, it's impressive that you guys have, have fallen into such a, a tight groove over that period of time. Yeah. It, it was interesting watching them as a fan too. Cause I was probably the, I'm probably the sixth, the last person to join. I'm probably the 16th member to join. Jesus. Uh, and tons of members throughout the years. Cause they started young, you know, yeah. just after high school, Tony was playing shows. Uh, so, you know, that whole thing was changing and through the years. I saw them change and they got better and better and better. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. It was really meant to be almost not just because of the power trio vibe and not just because, you know, a big part of it uh, of us being so close is because we're all willing to just do it, like go on tour, drop everything and go do what we've always wanted to do. It's hard to find people 
to show up the practice times, you know, let alone that. Sure. So I, I, I would do anything for these dudes because they're, you know, we've lived in a van together and shit like that. Like it's cool. And, uh, you know, also I get to talk about my favorite thing of all time. Now aliens, I've always been obsessed with aliens. So let's get into it. Let's, that was the let's, thing. Yeah. I didn't even have to do it. I was like waiting the whole time to be like, so when is the appropriate time for me to bring up fucking aliens? And you did it. So let's go. Anything you want to know. I don't okay. care. When we want, well, we, when I mean, we start? Oh. Where are they now? All right, Here? Right, Shuler, go ahead. You're good. I'm going to derail this. No, no. Hey, man, throw in whatever you got, because I feel like I feel like we can have some really fucking crazy conversations about aliens that go in a whole bunch of different directions. Totally and I think that that requires everybody sort of pitching in. Um, one of the things that I always like to talk about with with people who are super interested in, you know, extraterrestrial extraterrestrial history is specifically the ancient aliens thing. Oh, yeah. Um, how do you what's what's your take on that sort of where do you well you know what you know what before we even get to that here's one of the things that i'm really curious about Mm -hmm. where do you get your information um for me i'm just really open-minded so i take everything with a grain of salt but i listen (laughs) to everything so and i filter through it and take what's true to me kind of sort of um that's what I always like to say. I, I worked with a guy for a long time and he used to give me crap about, you think those aliens are real and stuff like that. And he's a little bit younger than me. He was like 25 or something like that. I'm like, all right, whatever, man, you don't have to believe it. He's like, no, he's getting all angry. Like prove it to me, prove it to me. I was like, I can't, man. You have to find it yourself. That's how I found it. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? I think that like uh, aliens are crazy ideas. Cause it's, you know, you don't know. That's the one of the scariest things possible, not knowing anything. So, you know, they could be uh, like jello, you know, who knows? It could be a sentient jello out there that floats in the earth and so no, who knows? It is, it's it's interesting to me, I think, that we when we look to the cosmos, right? Mm-hmm. We have to sort of our brains really only allow us to understand these things in, 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 in some sort of version of ourselves, right? So you've got two arms, two legs, gray skin, the fucking, the big heads and all this other shit. But it is, it is interesting to think sort of about how, you know, none of those rules apply to life that's evolved on other planets and other solar systems. And so I really do think that if there is something out there, right, it's, it's either going to be really disappointing or it's going to be absolutely amazing if we, if we actually manage to make contact with aliens. But I, yeah. I am curious. So, so knowing, you know, that you're open-minded and that you sort of take everything with a grain of salt, you pick up information where you can sort of weigh it and see where it takes you. Let's yeah. go back to, to the ancient aliens thing, man. How yeah. do you t- t- tell me a little bit about that? We're, we're, we're tight with, uh, we're tight with the desert wastelands boys. Oh yeah. Those are Sean's cool. We did those patches yeah, we, for us. Those are really tight. Yes, we've had these we've had these conversations on this podcast before. Uh, right tell on. us what you think. Well, I uh, I have it somewhere in my room here. I have uh, uh, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Graham Hancock's first book, I think Finger, it is. Fingerprints of the Gods. Yeah, yeah, I have it on uh, my bookshelf uh, buried. That's but, what did on, it for me, man, for sure. On tour, uh, when we went on tour with Mutilatra in 2019, I read um, Childers' book, whatever his name was. Uh, the the guy with the white goatee and the white hair and the glasses he's like oh hey like oh, that that <laughs> yeah. yeah uh his book uh, i didn't know it was his it was just in our van tony threw it in there and i read it but uh that stuff i really believe in like i think that anything is possible but i think like the anunnaki and the ajiji like you know that stuff's pretty wild that's pretty uh old texts you know i don't like to um like take my truths from things where I wasn't, you know, I didn't exist in time periods. I didn't exist really, you know, uh, I don't like to I don't know, assume things essentially, but um, some, some things point in directions like when the Catholic church de- desecrated and destroyed tons of libraries that had information in them that was much older than, you know, anything else that was around. 
And now we don't know about that stuff. Why, you know, and that, that just like a red flag, you know, I grew up listening to punk music and metal, like even at the early ages of my life, listen to metal. So it was kind of like rebellious all the time. And even in my head for everything, even like what I grew up, what life is, I was always just like, no, nah, man, it could be better, man. Why aren't, why aren't I happy? Why isn't that person happy? Why are people start, you know? So uh, yeah. I think there's definitely something that happened a long time ago and uh, something was covered up perhaps maybe a certain, I think a technology uh, that is not like electric based. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I'm not a scientist or I barely graduated high school to be honest. Yeah. Like, no, sure. Like, and I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily the kind of thing that you, you know, formal education or shit like that has no bearing on a person's opinion True. about that kind of thing. I, I, I think that it's interesting to talk to people who, who learn about things because they're interested. Right. Yeah. And because it's genuine. Yes. And obviously, you know, this is something that you're interested about and that you're, and that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. What do you think, how do you think that the open-mindedness about the existence of aliens translates into other aspects of your life? And, and like, why do you think, do you think the world would be a better place if everybody just agreed to accept the possibility of this? Well, I think we're to answer uh, that one. Uh, I would say we're drawing closer to that. We have okay. all kinds of stuff coming out with our government, but um, I think uh, a lot of stuff like if you, uh, at least in my, what I've tried to gather, there is, I've seen a lot of movies about uh, aliens lately. Sure. Yeah, Guardians, even back Guardians of the Galaxy. Why did Marvel, out of all the superheroes, they picked Guardians of the Galaxy to really pound into people's brains for all these years and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think there's subtle hints. I think it's something is going to happen in our lifetimes. I think that, um, you know, at least in 2047 or 2049, it'd be a hundred years to Roswell. You're going to tell yeah. me in a hundred years, you didn't hear anything really more, you know, than that. Cause that was always interesting, you know, mm -hmm. for specific reasons, like the newspapers getting pulled after one day and changed. And, uh, but uh, that's the kind of stuff that gets me. I'm like, Hey, what are you doing there, bud? You know, <laughs> going there bud for sure so yeah but uh to the way that open-mindedness with that uh really yeah. you know how i apply that i mean i'm a cook so thinking about uh that kind of stuff helps with food like thinking yes. about how aliens could be any forms man this pizza could have any form it could be a calzone it could be a little pizza pockets you could put any topping on it any sauce any kind of cheese even with sandwiches and stuff like same type of deal. The only things I don't like to eat are yellow mustard specifically and horseradish. That's it. What? Why do you, anything else. why you got to hate on yellow mustard, my dude? Yellow I like the brown mustard. I like spicy mustard. I like the, the Dijon. I like the thick, like beaded mustard, but yellow. Can't no do good. it. Can't do it. Man, what do you put on hot dogs? Ketchup only. Holy or shit. Or cinnamon sugar and caramel if it's available and it's what, late. What is your perfect pizza? Mm. This is a common question on this podcast. We bring up pizza cheat meals quite a bit. So. We do. We do. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, huge thing. There's no such thing, man. I've been making pizzas for a long time now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, working in Italian restaurants and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Kind of like or like a kind of like a B Dub's place. We have a, like a local kind of area like that, uh, okay. like a regional place that I used to work at. But uh, yeah, probably anything with jalapenos oh. and like a meat oh, and pine. Yeah. I like pineapple and pizza. You're a pineapple pizza dude too. Me too, oh, yeah. man. This is definitely anything. where the alien belief comes into play for sure. Yeah. I, this now. <laughs> I do. I I like you know specifically linking with food, I think is really interesting, right? One of the things that I think is, is, is really cool about belief, you know, especially in something that can't directly be proven. And this is whether we're talking about something like aliens, whether we're talking about fucking the Loch Ness monster, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, religion, whether we're talking yeah. about sort of organized religion, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like whether you believe 
that this thing that's out there is literal or not. Mm-hmm. The open-mindedness, the ability to take that belief and to assume that it's positive, to assume that it's true, is yeah. sort of this is a really productive heuristic in in going about evaluating the world, going about making your life better, going about being a better person, going about like successfully navigating relationships. Mm. Well, and, 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 and so to see, you know, to see the link between that and food, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's really cool, I think, because you're taking the thing that you're around a lot. And obviously, you know, everybody's fucking around food, but like you work with it. And obviously as a human being, as far as we know, you have to eat it. Right. Um, and so to take that kind of thing and to, and to let it infuse possibility into some of the most mundane aspects of life, like meals, yeah. I think is really cool. I think it's really interesting. Um, yeah. sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I feel like, a, uh, that's like one of my callings and that's why I do as well is cause, uh, you know, it makes people happy, you know, yeah. food makes everyone happy. Music usually makes everyone happy depending on how they like it or not, you know, but, uh, that's what I do. I just spend all my days trying to make people happy. It's fun. You know, why would, why I can be super mean sometimes and like Tony and Charlie never have really seen it. Cause I have more like a, I'm like a grump at work kind of sort of, but, uh, I just, I don't mean it <laughs> like, you know, just at work. Like, no, no, no. Like I, yeah. I'll, do it. I'll do it. I got it. But it's like a, that's, I, mean, I think a super noble, sort of way to to see yourself calling wise i think is somebody who makes who's there to make everybody happy and and one of the things i think interests people about aliens is just the possibility of making life a whole lot better and one of the things that that i think is more interesting about sort of the pop culture aspect of it is one of the topics that you guys got into with anatomize which is more of the horror part yeah um how much of that do you think plays into the way, you know, whether it's the lyrics of the new album or other ideas that you guys have for writing, like where's the horror part come in? Uh, that's kind of a good uh, question because I would say the reason I got into aliens in general was when I was a, uh, I was a little kid and I was at my grandparents' house and my uncle and my grandpa were watching predator and I was supposed to be sleeping I was just learned how to walk and I just happened to walk down into the kitchen and sit down on the one step and watch a lot of that movie with them. And uh, that was the first movie I think I've ever seen in my life on an accident, but that's, that's why I've always liked aliens and metal. And, you know, you got I, off to a great start, movie scenes I ever saw was Jesse Ventura's body just Dude, blowing his back. Do you even like movies anymore? Cause it's, I feel like it's all downhill from there. You start with yeah, fucking yeah. predator. That's the first one you see. Like, what do you, yeah. where do you even go? Uh, Evil Dead after that was... All right, you're I, speaking my language, bro. We, you're perfect for this. We love you. You're, you're, you're in. Yeah. Oh. H, this is, um, this is from the movie theater. Can, I don't know if you could see it. Oh, it's an Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah, Fuck the man. Uh, icy thing? Yeah, dude. That's yeah, behind my icy light. But, yeah. Oh, that's killer, man. I'm a poster guy. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say 80% of the practice spots posters are mine as well. well I'm bad. Notice Bruce Campbell's holding our podcast logo behind oh, fans. Beautiful. That's awesome. It's bonding over the Bruce. Man, we should try yeah. to get fucking Campbell on this podcast. Bonding over the Bruce is the title of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. Respect the chin. Always. Yes, got to so what uh what are some horror movies that you're into because that's like that's like the Mm -hmm. third leg of this podcast that's uh a lot of random ones i'm trying to think off the top of my head i really like the first insidious that's me that was more of like the camera angles were like uh kind of like when you get that feeling like someone's watching you yeah so that kind of like offensive movie that that was good i agree the soundtrack is fucking great too it's so unsettling yeah Yeah, all those strings yeah oh yeah and i I know it's not really a horror movie but i i also saw like lord of the rings in theaters and now i was nine ten and those the orcs and stuff scared the shit out of me uh uh, that's where all that kind of nonsense in my life came from but yeah uh horror movies are i'm hit or miss like i like the evil dead remakes gore 
but I also don't like gore of like I don't know like, tor- like porn gore. Yeah, I don't like tor. I don't really care for hostile or. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't like that movie. I either, did like man. the Green Inferno, but that was that, like. Goofy. I, I I think so. Like with Eli Roth movies, I think he's definitely trying to include some sort of subtext in there, whether it's about sort of the the American sort of view of the world with hostile or with um sort of taking on like fake activism in green inferno like these are really interesting things but i I think that the way he goes about doing it is sometimes a little bit and i'm sure that this is on purpose but over the top yeah Um, and some of the gore shit i think i I liked it a lot more when i was younger but as i've gotten older i've just kind of been like uh i think that's it too for me yeah i'm more freaked out I'm more freaked out by the shit that you don't show me than I am by the yeah. shit that you do. Uh, another, a horror, uh, I can't remember the n- director's name, but he did uh, Hereditary and Midsommar. Those are two of my favorites. Ari Aster. Let's yeah. Hereditary and Ivan. It was awesome. It really like set the mood and everything. It was sweet. Um, but like Midsommar, that's like, I watched that with my friend and he literally looked at me and goes, you know, that could be happening right now somewhere <laughs> else in the world and we wouldn't know about it. And I just was like, dude. And uh, yeah, that one caught me off, off guard. I really liked that uh, Midsummer movie. I, I, Hereditary was the one of his that really fucking blew me away. I, I just, I, the, there, there, there are really different styles between those two movies. And I mm-hmm. saw, I saw Midsummer in theaters and, and it was very, it was very like flashy bizarre. And I know that that was kind of the point of it, right? He was like, everything is brightly lit and there's all this shit on, but a whole lot of it felt like super weird for the sake of being weird. And then on the other hand, on the other side is hereditary where like everything so subdued and everything is so like innocuous and normal that you're like, you're like an hour into the movie before you're like, this is fucking bizarre. Like really fucking weird it's shit. It's a roller coaster. Yes. And like, that's, that's one of the things that I really, really liked about, about hereditary that I didn't think he did. I, and you know, I, I respect people not wanting to make the same piece of art over and over again. So, yeah. well, but, but I, like the thing about hereditary that really got me was just like how, how all of the tiny shit eventually became this really big, uncomfortable thing, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Is- well, have you, uh, I don't mind if I, uh, uh, you don't have to answer this if you're not, but I don't know how much have you uh, had with like psychedelic experiences because Midsummer oh. literally was like a, like literally like an acid trip. That's, and that's what I've heard. I have never, I have never done that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would make sense then. You're, yeah, because it does look outlandish and ridiculous, but I'd never thought of it that way until you just said that. And then yeah, I thought about it and was like, oh, I wonder. Yeah. No, if I, I can personally to the- attest to it being true, having several psychedelic experiences myself. I dug, I dug Midsummer. I, actually, I think I saw Midsummer on a pretty hefty edible. Ooh. It, was <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. But I, I didn't like it for the reason that I just thought it was the fucking Wicker Man. Yeah. Oh, the Wicker Man does rule, though, yeah. You no, know, but, like, I love the original Wicker Man. It's so creepy and old and cool, and I feel like this was just, like, a psychedelic version of that, and I thought Ooh. Hereditary was way better. My- yeah, I thought Hereditary is better as well. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no hate, but, you know, I'm, uh, yeah. it's hard to do it for me with new horror movies, but, like, those kind, those stylistic kind of slow burners, I think, are what's kind of reinvigorating the horror genre. I think it kind of started with The Witch, that A24 is doing really good shit. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's awesome. I forgot about that one. Yeah, if you're going to go splatter or gore, I think it has to almost be in an Evil Dead style with, like, humor that is not to scare you or freak you out because that's that's done, you know. I feel like that that, that vein is tapped, no pun intended. I'm, yeah. I'm interested in psychedelics. Can we, talk about, can we talk about that? Sure. So like my only psychedelic experience, I'm, I'm sober. I don't, I don't drink. I don't do anything. I have, I have, uh, <laughs> we'll just put it this way. It's better like this. For, <laughs> I, um, understand. I understand. 
Yeah. The only the only psychedelic experience that I have ever had was accidental. It, it was in it was my freshman year of college. This was like 2001 or 2002. Okay. And uh, we tried to get E, right? We tried to get some, some ecstasy or whatever the fucking kids call it now. From somebody else on, on ecstasy. What's that? I would love to see you on ecstasy. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, it was a very weird experience because it was it was ecstasy, but it was cut with psilocybin. Ooh. And so Ooh. the 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 X was there and it was nice, you know. Sure. But then it ended. And around the oh, time yeah. ended, the fucking the other shit. <laughs> because oh yeah, I've done this before. And <laughs> and it was it was yeah. it was bad. <laughs> like I'm a super uh, negative. I'm a, I'm like a negative person anyway, and I was like really really unhappy when I was in college, particularly. But like okay. I just remember being in bed after it was over, and like the 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 the, the, the there's a little green charging light on the back of my laptop, and this was a yeah, dorm room. Like I was in, I was on a bunk above my desk, and so I could see that green light cast on the wall through like this pattern of the way that they had the, the desks set up in our dorms and i just remember like i knew that it wasn't i knew I, I didn't like hallucinate like i thought that this was happening but i just remember thinking the wall pulsates in such a way that i could be inside of a giant reptile right now and it just it like it, and like I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that that was happening i just was like super fucking uncomfortable um yeah. And I think that it's interesting. So are you big into psychedelics? Is that something that you really enjoy or is that something that you have in the past? And again, if, 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 yeah. if there's anything you don't want to talk about, please feel free not to answer any questions. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I would say, yeah, I think that they really helped uh, with uh, not drinking. I have yeah. it's uh, April 20th will be a year for me. Holy shit, man. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Yeah. And uh, I do that on 420 on purpose because you can just smoke weed instead of drink because that's exactly what I do and have done. That's not on purpose, but that is what my plan was anyway. Nice. Uh, it just was a coincidence that that was the day. Well, congratulations, but, um, man. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the psychedelic stuff is uh, something I only really think it's something i would take because it's some like psilocybin grows in the ground or okay. uh acid i was really 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 or lsd or whatever i was very skeptical about until i think i tried it on new year's for the first time this past year uh or this past new year's but uh yeah psilocybin is can be fun it can be punishing but i've never really had like uh an experience where i was like oh, i'm never doing that again because i've never really like craved doing it yeah and it I, never scared me in that way. Like drinking scared me because I would drink like half a bottle of Jameson and a whole 30 rack of PBR and then just like want to headbutt everyone and like laugh like a barbarian, you know, like some crazy barbarian. You know, it was always good fun, but it was too much. Sure. Yeah. Right there with I, I would be really interested in trying uh, trying some sort of, of psychedelic in like a clinical setting. I, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think that it would be the kind of thing that I would choose to do on my own. But it's but if it were the kind of thing where it was like guided by somebody who was like a professional and specifically for the purpose of like getting over trauma and things like that, because I see, you know, part of the, the research that I do in school is 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 harm reduction and a handful of other approaches to to substance use and there's really interesting stuff going on with psychedelics being treated to use addiction and trauma. And yeah. so I think that that would be something interesting that I would like to, to, to try at some point if that became possible. But one of the things that I'm curious about your connection to it is, are you familiar with the stoned eight theory? Um, I don't think so. All right. So we, we talked about this with, uh, with Austin from outer heaven. He was on a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, um, so essentially is the, the thing that like human consciousness and I, it, it, probably somebody's going to be listening to this. Who's like, you're fucking skipping over the best part. So I, I might be getting some of it wrong, but as I understand it, the stone date theory is, um, the, the notion that human consciousness and that our ability for higher thinking, if you want to call it that, you know, this separates us from animals. If you want to say that we're separated from animals mm -hmm. comes from, 
ingesting and experimenting uh, with psychedelics at when we were a a different form of life right oh, so yeah I'm for, I, yeah 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 the the hominids uh like one homo sapiens you're talking about like that kind of stuff yeah yeah i know about that actually i just didn't know what there was called yeah so it's a lot of times with the with the stoned ape stuff and then with the history of the human use of psychedelics one of the things that continuously comes up is aliens yeah do you think that that's an interesting connection? Um, possibly, because I think maybe our uh, understanding of aliens could be different, you know? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I never really thought about that. Like, not too hard, just being like, oh, cool. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know, that'll, that'll be something to think about. I don't know. Like, I'm, I, there's, there's something about possibility that interests me about anything that puts you in a situation where you might be more open to something. Um, And so thinking about a connection between early humans, the use of psychedelics and a visit from, from extraterrestrials is, (laughs) I mean, we're going way up way off the fucking rails in this podcast man this is great for this bro this is great if you want to get into like more stuff that would be on the new album uh please please do uh, maybe and it's not a direct related to this but this is uh this would be a good segue for it but like possibly as you say that i'm thinking uh you know possibly the psychedelics to an extent take you to another maybe plane or dimension and uh that's a lot of stuff i've been interested in lately is other dimensions like I can't even fathom how big our galaxy is in physical form, sure. let alone the fact that the universe is expanding in every direction at an infinite rate. But there also could be other shit out beyond that. Like it's, it's, I love it. It's so fun. And it is. And I, I you guys sort of explored that, I think on, um, on, on cosmic dread uh, with uh, there's an event horizon track on yep. there. The, the closing mm-hmm. track sort of, is on that interdimensional stuff that that you know could very well be like a hell dimension or something like that so and that this 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 came back again on the new record uh to an extent it's more of just like uh not a direct uh uh movie or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah, it's more of just like other beings being out there um like the last track uh universal entropy is just about the theory uh, that the uh, universe could experience a heat death and wipe, and that could be where the Big Bang is from, possibly. Oh, hi. So, yeah, she's uh, she she thinks there's other people in here, so she jumps in my lap. If you're listening to the podcast right now, it's my dog we're talking about. Hi, Shreve's dog. We like you. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. No, yeah, that's all. It's all. It's uh, you know, uh, some of it isn't really like the most coherent stuff, like one of the, I am where the four gods meet, uh, really came from a dream I had. Nice. Uh, I woke up and just said that out loud. I am where the four gods meet. Like I, that, that was just where it came from, but the dream was really weird. It was just this big, have you ever seen dragon ball Z? I have not Zach. Have you, I, I know of it. I've seen it. I, I'm down with it, but not like enough to like say anything about it. You know. All right, you got to bring it. Got to bring us up to speed. Yeah. Okay. That's, well, this just would be a quick. I was going to use it as a reference, but imagine like standing on a ball that's huge, like, but you can see the the peripherals where it cur- the curvature of it. You know, pretty big, but you could stand on it, and it's not too big. You could walk across it, and it was this like crossroads. And there were these two beings talking to each other in my dream, and they were gigantic, and they were humanoid-ish. Uh, like you said, our imagination likes to make things yeah. like us. And they, I, I can't remember too many details, but they were discussing something or uh, agreeing upon. I don't know what they were doing, but I just woke up in my dream and was just like, I'm where the four gods meet. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I got to write that down, you know? Oh, shit. So, it was weird, but... uh that's Some of the stuff it. is like that for the album. It's more like not quite horror exactly, but like like a like a, a mental type of like existential horror ish. Like uh, I'm 
I'm turning that phrase right. over in my head right now, trying to decide where I want to go with this. Cause that existential horror, I think is, is. I mean, talk, can you, can you, <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by that? Um, well, like one of the songs, uh, the Verity Consummated, the single we put out yeah. with the music video, it's really about, it's like a deep Blade Runner reference almost, sense where like it's about a point of view of a computer system or something picking up like a being coming into our dimension and like integrating into the population and creating more of them. And then at one point, I think it's, I think it would be like where the solo is. It like realizes it's a robot. It's just the person it's like, Oh, not Blade Runner. I'm sorry. Terminator. It's got yeah, like, yeah. It's like someone coming to like, stop it. Cause it's not a person finding a being coming into the dimension. It's the robot finding the person coming back to stop it kind of thing. Nice. Nice. I, so yeah. with, um, with the lyrical material, right? You and Tony yeah. sort of split that down the middle. Is that? No, I write all the lyrics. You write all the lyrics. Okay. I, yeah, I, knew that. I did on this release. He always helped me in the past before and on pure cosmic dread. We split it 50, 50. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's my biggest frame of reference is yeah. that oh, because sorry, you got yeah, yeah. both your names on there. So you did all the lyrics on the new one. Excellent. That's, that, that's yeah. even better for this question. Um, how do you sort of decide what kind of topic lyrically you're going to approach from one song to the next? Like how much does the structure of the song feed into what the song ends up being about lyrically? All, all of it. Um, I always am coming up with ideas for names for songs or albums or bands or characters in my D and D game or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So I'm always coming up with stuff and it's not until I hear the song, after we get a good demo of it for ourselves, like a good video recording of it, uh, I'll sit down and listen to it a billion times. And then like, if something doesn't pop in my head, I'll look and see what I have. But uh, sometimes it just comes to me. Sometimes I have to like, no, like Ken A. Bosom on the album is uh, from the old Testament. It's uh, essentially marijuana. It's about, it's an ancient aliens type. Uh, I just nice. played tongue, tongue in cheek, you know, kind of like, Aliens gave us weed, bro. <laughs> Just <thought laughs> it's possible. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, I don't want to argue that. I want to believe that. You know? Maybe yeah. that's why every time we smoke it, it's like, fuck, aliens, man. Yeah, maybe. maybe. You're just planting the seed. Like, why does it go so well together? Why do you start thinking of that when you're high a little bit? You start feeling a little, like, insecure about your existence. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think that's why my life is an existential crisis. I'm just kidding. No, no same. You're fine. <laughs> I, I like what I'm. I'm excited to hear it. Thanks. And, yeah. And maybe smoke a little bit before I do. Be great. So allegedly, we've heard we heard Verity consummated. That's the only thing that I've heard from it so far. Um, mm -hmm. The fucking blistering ass song. Uh, mm -hmm. Super heavy shit. It's really excited to see sort of what direction that you guys went on the new one. And you you talked a little bit about earlier you talked about sort of the chemistry that you guys have writing together was there mm -hmm. any sort of conscious decision that you made writing wise looking at your older stuff and saying okay this is the direction that we want to go in or did you guys just get in a room together and jam that's we always jam yeah yeah and well a lot of times tony will just have riff and then we play to it and then it mm -hmm. evolves kind of sort of nice but, we don't really hold ourselves a one way. We always, songs come in different forms. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Some songs I write, most of it, Tony kind of finishes it. A lot of songs, Tony writes most of it. So, and I want that to be the case because it's, he's been, the, you know, it's his baby. It's his band. Sure. I want it to be his band. Cause like I said before, I've always been a fan of the band. So I want it to remain that, you know, itself. So, uh, Absolutely. Now, um, when, you, when you write, do you write on bass or do you write on guitar? Bass. Yeah. Do you yeah. play guitar? Yeah, a little bit. I play like uh, folk music mostly on guitar, but just like jamming in my room and stuff like that. Nice. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm not really good at the uh, like speed, like with my right hand. It's all, you know. Got it. It's all in the fingers. Mm hmm. 
so what other you say you're into folk music what other kind of what influences go into the shit that you that you create but then also like what do you listen to like what do you enjoy uh it's pretty strange for all of us myself i've been listening to Coulter wall a lot he's like a canadian like he sounds like johnny cash it's like a canadian like country dude kind of like outlaw dude he just he's just badass i think he's really cool he's got a cool style but uh i like catch we all listen to pop music and like rap music and stuff mostly i don't listen to a lot of metal um i don't think any of us really do uh we have our classics we love that you know obviously we love death metal more than any other kind of music but play it we practice twice a week so we're always playing it so we listen to other stuff uh and that other stuff really influenced this album really um like I don't know. Uh, uh, like little Taylor Swift influence in weird ways. I don't know how to say it. Like, uh, I'm down, I'm down with Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I'm just trying to think of stuff. I'm really interested and, to know how a little bit that it influences your music, though, honestly. Um, I like I'm trying to exp- I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Uh, it's like when I hear stuff in weird pop songs, like B sides of hers or yeah. other people. I really like Dua Lipa, but like the musicality songs like there's little touches like obviously they have a whole team working on one song right sure yeah for sure so there's so much detail in it i like to pay attention to those parts mostly and like a lot of times vocal patterns even like oh i didn't know that would make sense to do that pattern over that tempo of a beat like that you know yeah totally makes sense to me man because there's some some of her songs like you can sing in your head all day you're like why am i even doing that and it's the way yeah that's that you yeah i got you well i i think that it's there's a lot to be said for musicians specifically musicians who play death metal who have really eclectic interests and figure out a way to sort of loop those into their songwriting process we were we were talking to frank from half a couple of weeks ago and he is a huge huge pop fan um not necessarily yeah. radio but a lot of uh i can't Char- charlie xcx is who he said he was really into yeah that's what it was i just listened to that the other day there was there is on the whole i think uh, you know in death metal sort of this inherently conservative stance on on the behalf of a lot of the fan base right who want to keep it old school and want to keep it true and all that kind yeah. of shit and and the I don't know if it's a fear or if it is sort of wanting to protect it or what, but I think that seeing young musicians in you know super like good stable bands like you guys, I think being vocal about those influences is what's going to really open up some some new avenues for the next generation of of musicians to sort of follow, right? I hope so. I mean, for me, it was metal first. That's why sure. I really listen to this stuff is, you know, how many times have I heard Injustice for All? I mean, I bought this with my allowance money when I was eight. Like, you know, <laughs> like I grew up, my uncle was a listening into metal all the time. So I grew up listening to like suicidal tendencies and anthrax and slayer and overhead, like ranted. Yeah. Just that's, that's where I started. So nowadays I'm, just wanting to chill out a little bit sometimes, man. Sometimes I want to listen to, you know, jazz. I don't know. <laughs> you know, once in a yeah. while, there's an occasion for everything, you know, occasion for every persuasion. Absolutely. And I, I think that it's I think that it's cool that you guys are figuring out a way to take those influences and sort of process them through your own understanding of music and, and bring that into this music that's heavy and technical and, uh, you know, on the surface very different from that kind of style well actually Verity consummated it's the only death metal song in the record the rest are all pop songs i'm stoked i'm so stoked for that let's i will i will listen to uh i will take inoculation to the club we will fucking take inoculation oh shit did he bail on us he might have he might have jumped ship. They didn't want him to tell us what the truth behind the new inoculation record was, was and they it got was the government. Maybe he'll maybe he'll try and come back in. Um, in. In the event that he doesn't, 
I mean, that was fucking awesome. I love that guy. I'd hang out with him any day of the week. I would definitely hang out with him. And he's in Cleveland, so you're close. Yeah, we're close. Maybe you're definitely hanging out. With, um, what's up? I'm sorry, I got disconnected for a second. Okay, there well, he uh, is. The uh, government tried to cut you off because you were telling us the truth about the new. I was going to say, I revealed the pop song secrets and I got blacked out. That's exactly what happened. It's not the first time it's been done on this. We're good. But we will, I understand. We were saying that we would, we, would, we would take inoculation to the club. Yeah. Um, we would take inoculation to the gym. Those Ooh. are where we would the new pop songs i think that those would be some upbeat shit and i feel like that would be a great way to sort of introduce pop culture to aliens in a different sort of way right yeah of course <laughs> yeah, you never know but like what what did you expect yeah well dude you are you in cleveland right yeah i'm on the west side pretty far out in the suburbs that's awesome okay i'm in um uh... I'm in Pittsburgh, and I, I come up to Cleveland for shows pretty often. In fact, a lot of death metal history for me has started in Cleveland um, because for whatever reason, in Pittsburgh, we didn't really get a whole lot of death metal shows, uh, even especially when I was growing up. So I would always, like my first time ever seeing Cannibal Corpse and shit was at Peabody's. You know, we'd always drive to Cleveland to see shows, and your local scene is uh, really strong. So one – Next time I come up there, fucking totally going to hang out with you because I love you. Yeah. You're sick. But two, I just want to know, what is it like now that we're semi kind of recovering from the plague? Is uh, is there any shows uh, that you know of coming up? Any bars reopening out there? Uh, uh, it's kind of weird. Well, we played a show uh, a week ago about. Whoa. Uh, right. But we all, it was really low key. We didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. It's not that we don't want to like people to know we're playing shows. Dude, I, it's like, yeah, you don't, yeah, for sure. The only reason we took the show was because of the guy that put it on the promoter. He was a mega professional. We love him. Will uh, Finer Transplant Productions out of Cincinnati. Uh, great dude. We knew it was going to be legit and safe and shit. So, you know, we chose to do that. But uh, there's talks of stuff for sure. Good. Just how was the show? My people in Cleveland are all right, man. Yeah, we'll be okay. Lots of uh, lots of bands practice. We have a place up here called uh, Rock and Roll City Studios. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a big ass building that has tons of practice rooms in it. Tons of bands. Like we used to be next. We used to be in Embalmer's old room. We see them all the time, and all those the group of dudes, Embalmer and uh, Splitter, and all that kind of stuff. Um, tons of bands around us that we're friends with. It's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, it's cool Good. to see. Yeah, you, you see people less, but you see their vehicles more. You know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, people aren't like giving up. Good. Which is good. And hopefully you guys are able to get back on the road and properly tour this record, man. Um, I know that yeah. this I know it's probably too early to you know, make any announcements or anything like that. But I can say that hopefully you guys are you know, giving it some thought and maybe trying to figure out a way to, to get that to work. Um, because I, I was certainly looking forward to, to catching you guys live with the tour that got, uh, the tour that got canceled. And I know that you, you know, y'all were trying to offload merch and everything like that. And I was just like, God, what a fucking shitty situation to be in. And I feel like, you know, maybe it maybe it was a blessing in disguise because it gave you the opportunity to write this record. And hopefully you guys will get to go out and play, you know, full shows with this stuff and play some of the, you know, play Anatomize and, and Nocturnal Levitation for the first time. Or actually not for the first time, right? So you played it a week ago, I guess. We, well, we, play, uh, we played the Anatomize EP on that last tour. We did oh, music. okay, okay, okay. But uh, Xerthanius we played live for the first time at this last show. Nice. which is a single that's also going to be on the new record if if uh we never said that before i did not know that no but i love that track is it the same version or is it different um it's 99.5 percent the same uh-huh so so it is but it is a re-recorded version it's a different oh yeah okay. very much so cool it's, cool uh, it fits the theme with everything else it's a little bit faster Nice. I like that's definitely something that I would be interested in hearing. And I, I, I really like that chasm of eons four way, man. It seemed like such a yeah. 
such a good mix of all the four bands who ended up on there. Oh yeah, that was that was cool to be a part of. Um, Cryptic Shift kicks ass, dude. I love them. Yeah. Cryptic, it's fucking weird. Like all the that's all the all the bands on there. I felt like had a lot of sort of really pulling in eclectic directions with death metal, and I think that's pretty tight. Yeah, 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 for sure. I agree. Uh, we were asked to play a bunch of splits, but that was the one. You know, mm-hmm. you're asked to do a ton of stuff. But... Seems seems like you picked a good one to roll with. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a, I got an important question for you. We are, we're, we're just about to the end of the podcast here, and um, we always have to get a very specific and important piece of information out of everybody who comes on here. Are you prepared? I know where this is going. Uh, oh, you do. Well, Zach, uh, you got to ask the question, man. Waste no time. It's an, it's an honor to talk to you. I'm, I'm really interested to find out. Nick, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Probably Master of Reality. Understood. Yeah. I don't have cool. many tattoos, but I do have this. Come on. Oh, Black Sabbath beautiful. devil on the calf, my brother. I love yeah. you. Beautiful. That's my base now. So, and it's all Geezer Butler, you know. It's all okay. Geezer. He's the best bass player of all time, far none. In my Second opinion. best bass player of all time. Let, let, well, you got to let Who's him the first? Number one. Thundercat. What? Thundercat? Thunder? We, oh, you might have, you might have schooled us on a little something because I don't know. Yep. Yeah, tell him more. Uh, Thundercat, uh, is, a. Uh, artist he plays bass um obviously and it's just like a solo type of project but um he was in suicidal tendencies from like 2001 to 2000 oh, shit. that was my first show ever they were my favorite band when i was a kid and i saw them and i was like yo that's not robert trujillo but that guy is kick ass man he's got like a four finger gold ring on and he's just like shredding the bass like but uh thundercats music now is all real funk soul kind of uh i mean i'm sure he's sick yeah that, that style of bass playing is like nothing else but i'm right he's got a really down. good tiny desk concert I'm, I'm i've written his name down and i'm going to check it out now. is it one word I, I, thundercat yes yeah oh, it's happening right as we speak a word thundercat so that's we my, got he's a big influence I, I trust you. You're a man whose opinion I trust, and I, I don't feel like I'm not going to be let down. Oh, just by his picture on. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. So also, great Sabbath out, Not only did we find out his favorite Black Sabbath record happens to be a fucking winner, like for Master sure. of Reality, but also we have, a new, have a new bass player to check out. It's fantastic. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, dude. Welcome, man. I'm glad to be here. I could do this all day. Dude, we are glad to have you. We are super glad that you got the time to come chat. We would love to have you back sometime soon. Inoculation, Celestial Putridity out four, seven, if I'm not mistaken. Nine, nine. Four, nine, my bad. Fuck. Okay. Um, four, nine. We're close. We're close. We're a couple of weeks we're away. Close. Either yes, sir. two, maybe. I don't know. I'm not good with math, really. Dude, me either. Fuck math. There's other people who do that stuff for you. There's calculators. We don't need these things. all right nick dude it's fucking awesome we're so glad we got to talk to you dude best of luck with the record we hope that it is massive we hope that all of the pop songs fucking sweep the nation and the world um and we really hope that we get a chance to see you guys out on the road sometime soon yeah i uh i'm glad just glad to be here and i hope to see you guys on the road sometime maybe even see you guys here we will be in touch i'm not joking about that either yeah for sure my dude thank you so much Awesome, man. And thank you for the opportunity, man. It's good to talk to you guys from, you know, in person, really. Anytime. Good to talk to you, too. We're here, man. Take care. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. What a good dude. I'll let you do it. Yeah, man. He was great. What a good dude. Awesome, dude. We have have just parallels running forth with him. Predator, Evil Dead, Black Sabbath. What more do you want? Aliens. I I feel like that's probably the most off the rails podcast that we've had as I far as because we yeah we talked about his music hardly at all but that you're just gonna have to fucking listen to it if you're if you're listening to this podcast first of all if you're listening to this podcast and you made it this far 
God bless you, number one. Thank you much, yes. But number two, just go listen to Inoculation because you won't be disappointed. You'll like it better now knowing that conversation. Yes, so. knowing, knowing the love and thought that goes into it, knowing the influences that go into it, and knowing just how good of a dude one of the dudes who creates it is, that yeah. should make me happy. It made me happy. I'm, I'm I am happy. happy. And I'm, I'm looking right after this. I'm bumping Thundercat. And I'm going to have to check out Thundercat, too. I'll see how it goes. All right. Well, let's report back. And all right, homie. I will talk to you in a couple of days. Talk to you in a couple of days. Good one coming out tomorrow. We're on the Good one coming out tomorrow. We're going to keep it going. Keep it rolling. Peace out, brother. Love you, man. Thank you.